Hello and welcome back to the Charles Podcast, episode 96. Or to go before 100. What are we going to do at 100? I got nothing. Hello, Andrew Nimi. Hello. Uh, I don't, uh, I didn't realize we we're already up there that close to number 100. That's big news. No, we'll do nothing. We'll be here in the closet. Probably. Maybe. Maybe we can do something fun. Maybe we can do a, let's do a live show with Ooh. a live audience. Did you eat hummus? Yes. <laughs> Is that why you brushed your teeth? Yes. <laughs> Still got hummus breath, baby. Still got hummus breath. Hummus flavored toothpaste. Okay, live show for episode 100. Well, we'll think about that. That's think it's a pretty interesting and fun idea. Fun for me. Maybe nobody else. Yeah, maybe nobody else, but all the lovers of towels will watch it, I'm sure. How are you? Do you really want to know? Yeah. Okay. So I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, good morning. It's good to be alive. Great. It's a good start. But I forgot that before I went to bed last night, I sent six, eight messages to different friends on Instagram. Okay. Um, asking whether America could, if needed, organize like Hong Kong did <laughs> for the march. Okay. So you started reading your Instagram messages. And then I started reading those responses. So there's something happening in Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah. So in Hong Kong, they the population started marching or on a strike against higher rake extradition <laughs> extradition laws oh. um so that if you know if you got into trouble with the law then you'd be sent to mainland china but they want autonomy obviously all right first person i, I asked was your cousin obviously who lives in hong kong at the moment mm-hmm. and so i just asked him basically whether the marches were happening on the weekends or weekdays because if it's happening on the weekend you said to me last week if you have extra money you could just give that money to people who have to go to work right i but suppose if, if we're marching on the weekend so it doesn't matter what day your weekend is like in vegas it's like whatever tuesday okay. wednesday mm-hmm. so we literally could potentially have a march, all hands on deck, every day of the week, or just on the weekend. And mm-hmm. that created change in Hong Kong. Okay. Because we have problems. <laughs> yes. And everywhere has problems. <laughs> That's right. And I usually can't talk about this on the podcast because I get so angry and then I'm just yelling at the microphone. And then you delete it all. And then <laughs> So I'm trying to be a little bit more thoughtful mm-hmm. and not yell. <clears throat> because that doesn't help anything. Mm-hmm. But I did wonder if we could organize whatever it is that you are passionate about, upset about, worried about, to make some changes. Like we had the two mass shootings last week, and then we're just supposed to go on. Yep. And that's very disturbing. And of course we have what the, we have to go on, but we have to go on with like thinking about how we make change, you know, like the massive ice uh, raid that took place in Mississippi. Like all these things are extremely disturbing to me. And it's hard to just be like, oh, I'm 
so happy and you know instagram is great uh huh. well it wasn't a loaded question i was actually curious how you were i didn't know all that you were gonna <laughs> say all these things yeah well, i wanted to talk about it later in the show for sure um uh -huh. but yeah i mean the people's there's like you know everyone lives their individual lives and there's always like it's a, such a big new, such a big country that there's always something next in the news cycle you know there's right. just always the next day's news and then you forget about last day's yesterday's news last week's news yeah and that's how our brains work for self-preservation because there's just no way you can manage all these different things in your brain yeah, you, at, you know at the same time you go crazy but also the amount of news that we get also serves as a conditioning to numbing because we just get so much, you know? Yeah. So the only way to sort of filter through it and not be in a constant state of distress is to start ignoring it. Right. So I go back and forth between, I was, I was thinking last night, maybe I should delete Twitter for like a month and see how that goes, which is probably great personally, but probably bad if like everyone deleted what's happening in the world like we're supposed to be aware of these things and maybe act on them in some fashion right rather than just turn a blind eye i don't know maybe i'll delete twitter i think twitter is a very scary place on the internet for sure but yeah i i think i have the same or similar trouble it's like okay do i not do i just not think about it or because what am I going to do? Yeah, well, it's especially like getting... tough. Especially, sorry, especially tough when you're in a position of trying to like advance yourself. Right, which we all are. Yeah, but we're all also responsible for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's I, no easy answer. I saw. I caught myself just like spiraling because mm -hmm. one friend was like. Yeah, that's a nice thought, but I think Americans are too passive. We just, our life is too comfortable. Good luck with that. And mm. I was like, oh my God. So then well, I, it is for now. I don't know. Will it always be that way? That's why we need to get a place in South Africa so we have a place to run away to. <laughs> but South Africa has its own problems too, right? But if we just keep running away, and yes, I have thought about that now more often than I thought I would. Um, but if we run away, wherever you go, there you are. You're just going to be a pussy in South Africa. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I always think about if we had children and we just keep going this way, because we could do a lot to change, like, the type of media we consume, how we consume media, asking the media to take more responsibility in how they deliver this information so that we're not numb to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, for, I mean, we should stop the atrocities. That would be the first, the easiest. And the news would have nothing to report on, but like happy things, which we clearly don't like. So I went on to Instagram and asked people what they were going to do with their lives today mm -hmm. so I could stop being in my head and thinking about what I was going to do for a little bit, mm -hmm. which is obviously not good because it's just a distraction. But maybe, maybe not. It helped to it's not good to get inspired by other people. Be so 
I don't know. I mean, I don't even have TV, right? So if somebody said to me, oh, you're just overreacting and you watch too much CNN or Fox News or whatever, like I don't even do that and I'm disturbed. So imagine if you watch the news constantly. Oh, yeah. How do you feel yeah. every day? How do you feel in your body? Yeah. I hope you liked how I am. <laughs> <laughs> how are you today, Andrew Nimi? I'm worse, worse than you. You know why? Why? Because I played video poker last night <laughs> and it did not go well. If anyone out there is listening, do not play video poker, whatever you do, or at least not for like a profit motive. If you want to have a gamble, go ahead, have yourself a gamble. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the delivery. Cursed <laughs> instrument of pain is video poker. <laughs> so they changed their plus EV games? Uh, well, yeah, There's there was a pretty good situation over at the downtown Grand that had some plus EV video poker games at a high denomination, which doesn't even exist anymore in Las Vegas. Uh, but they, yeah, they got rid of most of those. But there's still plus EV games to be found out there in Las Vegas, video poker. But it's a very high variance uh, situation when you're playing for the dollar denomination. And boy, is it tilting. Let me tell you. <laughs> I asked Andrew what he was going to do with his life today. What did you say to me? Mind your own business. <laughs> yes, mind your own business. I didn't realize you were so tilted. I'm sorry. Whatever. That's all I have. That's all you have. <laughs> what else do you want to know? Mad at the VP what else can I tell world. You? Yeah. Um. Well, if I went we... to the Four Queens last night to play. I saw you brought back a deck of cards from the Four Queens. Yes. What are you time... going to do with those? Um, give them to you. No, thank you. You don't need a deck of cards to practice your poker? No, we have like 15 decks of cards. Well, we now have we have 16. Gold, uh, what is it? A That's right. Gold set of poker cards. Mm -hmm. From Seoul, Korea that someone gave me at a meetup game. Yeah, those are cool. Anyway, yeah. The uh, the four queens, that place goes off. It's crazy. You know? Really? Like Because I think music? it's like, uh, just like the crowd. Oh, <laughs> Because I think it's like uh, a very reasonably priced ho hotel and somehow they still have like a four star rating, I think, on a lot of like review sites. Really? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's crazy down there huh. on a Friday night. Next time you're looking for a good time, head to the Four Queens, <laughs> downtown Las Vegas. Don't play the video poker though. But that's not where you were playing VP before. No. What, what made you go to the Four Queens? Because they give you points on their players' cards. As well, some places when you're playing a plus EB video poker game, they don't give you any points in addition to the ex positive expectation. What were you going to do with the points? Well, you can usually use them for like free play or something like that. So you were just greedy. You wanted the plus EB <laughs> and the points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should usually be greedy when you're trying to collect as much EV as possible. Okay. Expected value. I do know what EV is. Non-gamblers oh, out there. Yes. Expected pain, more like. <laughs> it's expected variance, expected. not value. There's no value. So what are you going to do with your life today? Get back to work. I think I'm going to try and go to the gym. I fell off the wagon on the, during the WSOP. I was doing great. And then WSOP came and changed everything. Don't blame WSOP. Yeah, it's all WSOP's fault. Caesars, thanks a lot. 
So going to try and get back in the gym again today. Been uh, a couple times, a few times as of late, but need to get back in the swing, you know, mm. back on that horse. I do know. You know? Mm-hmm. And then I need to uh, finish making slash editing a video. I played on the Run It Up live stream, stream house home game thing a couple days ago. Tell us more about the Run It Up house game, stream game thing. Uh, it's a pretty cool idea. It's an actual house here in Las Vegas that they uh, have turned into a live stream set complete with, uh, uh, you know, RFID table, commentators, area, booth thing, four different guys running the uh, the graphics and the action and the pot size and all that stuff. And they can basically do whatever they want because it's not in a casino, so they can run any game they want. They can gamble it up in any way they want and live stream it to the masses. Uh, and so they added, they've since added, this is the second time I played on it. They have since added uh, a couple of fun features where like someone can chat you know in the chat box Mm -hmm. and the commentator will select various messages to be printed from a printer that sits above the table the poker table and fall down onto the poker table and someone reads the uh the chat (laughs) message live and it's all like no delay it's all done on no no delay so it's pretty cool everyone's interacting in basically real time Hmm. interesting yeah so someone can in the chat box can be like Wow, that was a terrible play. You you suck. Or hey, I really like that shirt you're wearing. And you know, and it will come to you we can, immediately. We can read it, and uh, yeah. Eventually, I want to get to the point where uh, hopefully they're working on this. But if they will uh, pay me ten dollars to to do something, that's what I'm really waiting for. For somebody, for the audience to pay you money to do something. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will just let your minds wander around the possibilities. I'm nodding. <laughs> yes. That's it. <laughs> Very cool. And how did that game go? Uh, that game went well. However, the first game that I played on went terrible. So I'm somewhere around even now. But it was a good time. We had Brad Owen, Jamie Kerstetter, Jason Somerville, Eric Goldstein, who goes by Goldie, and Robert Cook joined us, who not a professional poker player. He runs a few bars around town, some gaming bars. Uh, likes to splash around, mix it up, and it was a good group. Yeah, sounds cool. Did you ask Robert about bars? I asked him if there's any bars we should we want to give a shout out to, and he said no. So, oh, he didn't want to promote any of his bars <laughs> on the stream. He said, "I work hard enough. I don't need more people coming in there." What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we have a bar <laughs> where we don't even have to promote? He said, "I'm not trying to work harder." That's funny. Um, but I think he just didn't want to didn't want to whore himself out in that manner. But nothing wrong with whoring yourself out now and then. Yeah, there's like five logos on the, the table felt, so shouldn't have worried about it. Was your logo on there? My logo was not on there, no. Why? I was wearing a favorable hat though on the stream. Mm. Mm. And I won a bunch of money in the game, so that's good. Very cool. So yeah, that's the week. That's the week. Upcoming week. We're out of here. We're going to Chicago. Me and you. We're hitting the road together. Are you the traveling ex- show. <laughs> <laughs> the traveling show, huh? Yes. We're going to sh- record a podcast from Chicago next week. I'm so excited to go to Chicago. I haven't been in s- five years. Are you excited to get some deep dish pizza? No. Well, what's wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. DP. I'm just not partial to DP. Deep- You're not partial. 
<laughs> I said deep dish pizza. I was going to finish. Okay. I like it. Deep dish pizza. Yeah. Anything pizza is usually going to be a thumbs up for me. I don't see the problem. What? It's too saucy for you? Uh, the sauce. And I don't really like the corn. What is it called? Crust. It's like a mixture. Cornstarch or something? Yeah. I think it's like a cornstarch mixture in the... It's just not not my thing yet. People, let us know. Thumbs up or thumbs down on deep dish pizza. I know. I'm sure a lot of people love deep dish pizza. Some people hate it. Okay. Those people can be friends with me. Looking forward to being in Chicago. What else to say about that? There's a meetup game. Two days of meetup games happening on the 16th and 17th. We'll be playing with the Chicago Charitable Games Group. Um, You can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pokermugs, M-U-G-S, for all of the info. If you're in the Chicago area, come hang out and play with us, me and Brad Owen. Low stakes cash game this time, too. It's going to be like 1-3, I think we're playing. So we should get a big turnout. Why are the stakes lower? Um, Because it's a charity cash game? Yeah, I guess that's just what they usually do. They usually play the uh, the 1-3, and uh, they didn't want to turn some of their regular games game attendees away it's good to get a, get a low stakes game in there sometimes you i know, agree some people i can't afford five five yeah for gambling no for gambling for gambling no <laughs> what about for for watching you can no no <laughs> um okay well yeah it's good to mix it up once in a while get the um the folks who like to play the uh the fun low stakes and it should be a pretty splashy game regardless so good times i'm sure come hang out all right well Okay, shall we tackle some of this listener feedback? Yes, we should. All right. Thank you guys for writing in. I appreciate it. And it keeps Andrew happy. It does. Dalton said, we never heard what happened with Andrew's lease debacle. My God, you're right. Dalton, debacle, mm, (laughs) hyperbole. (laughs) But... (laughs) I made it seem like it was a debacle. We forgot and we're sorry. Andrew, tell us what happened with your car. I still have my car, same car. So it's a little Mm-mm. it's a little anticlimactic. I'm not rolling in a Ferrari, sadly. We didn't expect you to buy a Ferrari, don't worry. No? No. What about ever in my life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you that do was expect your, me to buy one? That was your dream car when you were little. Um, so it turns out I can extend the uh, the current lease for, I can go on like a month to month, basically. For, Wait, uh, up, for up to six months. If only somebody had told me this, I that wonder. this was possible. Yeah. Somebody named Boosie. <laughs> Very cool. So now you're still happy, happy with your car? Yeah, because uh, who knows? We might not be living here in Las Vegas for very long. Can't take the car to South Africa? <laughs> no. Probably wouldn't want to take the car to South Africa. Probably just get in a different car over there. They have Volkswagens over there. Yeah, I drove a Volkswagen. You did. We were were meant to be. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah, sorry about the uh, lack of update, but uh, the lease carries on for another six months maximum, and then we will revisit the drama of Andrew's (laughs) lease. You're just going to get a Ram truck. I am? Yeah. Be very American. I actually like the Ram That'd trucks. Be funny. It's just that I don't like. We don't need it, but I think they're quite nice. That'd be funny if I like just got a random car off of like Craigslist or something. <laughs> something ridiculous, whether it was like in good shape or not, and drove that for like 
a month and then got something different off of Craigslist. <laughs> well, you have to try and unload that thing that you got. Right. That's so, the problem. Yeah. But I don't know. I got the uh, YouTube channel, so maybe someone out there would want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. You never know. Yeah. It'd be cool if uh, rentals were cheap and then just get... Uh, just rent a different car every week. Right. If your rental was not going to be more than your mm-hmm. car payment. Yeah. But you could get like all these different types of cars. That'd be fun. You should try that. Yeah, maybe we could. We should partner with Avis and they can sponsor this idea. They can sponsor Tell's podcast and Avis, we can drive all their cars. If you're listening, call me. Hello at tellspodcast.com. <laughs> yes, call me call <laughs> me on my email. <laughs> uh John Fernsla, I we met at Grayton. Um, yes. And he says... Very Busi- very friendly French chap. Yep. And he says, Busi and Andrew, thank you for a great podcast. Near the end, you said you'd be interested in understanding what your listener meant by transition from table games to poker. From my experience, it is actually a very interesting topic that has a lot to do with the success of your mugs, he says. Whoa. Hmm. People are intimidated by games like poker that require skill. They feel uncomfortable sitting at a poker table where mistakes can be pointed out and your level of play is being judged. Poker-like table games, excluding blackjack, offer a mistake-free experience. They're all purely luck-based. And although they resemble poker, nothing to do affects others and there's no bad play, just luck. Your mugs has been helping people transition because they offer a fun, social, and no-pressure environment where many of us who always wanted to play poker feel safe and comfortable enough to play. That's cool. Interesting. That's great. I remember him saying, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that his first live poker cash game session was at a meetup game. Yeah, I remember that too, actually. Hmm. Never thought about it. So he says, even after a couple of mugs, I still don't know if I would play in a normal poker room because I would be concerned the vibe would be negative and confrontational. It probably will take a take more mugs or to play with people I met at mugs in normal poker rooms to fully transition. Until then, I want to relax with a drink and still give quite a bit of money to table games because it's easy, gratifying, even though I, lo- I lose a lot more there. Hmm. P.S. I have a Star is Born on my iPad for three months and I still haven't watched it. I don't want to cry on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Then don't watch it on a plane because you're going to cry like I did. Uh, But thanks, Jean-Francois. That's very interesting feedback. You know, you're going to find a mixture of tables um, in your cash game exploits, um, even at like the low stakes. You will find some jerks out there who are confrontational um, and you will find plenty of very passive, easygoing, friendly, fun drink heavy games out there as well it's a game of competition right so it's like as competitive as it can get so you know confrontation sort of goes along with competition so it's going to be inevitable that like that sort of thing happens um you know in any game or sport that sort of thing is going to happen not just in poker but uh the cool thing is that there's also lots of people that are playing recreationally rather than like solely competitively you know so You'll find the spe- you'll find uh, games all along that spectrum. I think John Francois is also saying he should have a lot more meetup games so he can get his practice in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to come back up to I believe Grayton is the the one that he was first. Yeah, that's where at. I met him. Yeah, so 
we got to get another one on the calendar. Head back up there. Maybe drink a lot of wine while we're up there. Forget about all our troubles. We cannot keep forgetting. Drink to forget. No, we we just can't do that. Drink and drink. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we have one more from Annie, which was uh, from our conversation a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. about MLMs, my favorite topic. Yes. Uh, Annie says, I loved your discussion on the MLM. I've spent some recent time going down the rabbit hole of cult psychology and how many, if not all, MLMs use those tactics. Have you heard of the bite method? These are market... Multi-level marketing. Yes, those. I have not heard of the bite method, but I will look this up. Anyway, the whole subject is quite interesting. So much complexity in the human psyche to ponder. She also says, has the line between cult, negative connotation, and tribe, a new age positive term for friends, become undefinable? Mm. Are we all subject to or desiring what could be considered a cult-like connection with others? That is a great question. And I was actually talking about this last week because clearly I can't stop. Yeah, I think it's a fair question, but doesn't it just uh, boil down to like, and it's, and it's hard to, it's hard to sometimes understand when you're within the circle, but doesn't it boil down to the motivation for the, the start of the whole thing? Like, does the person who starts a mark, what is it? Multi-level marketing. <laughs> Multi-level <laughs> it's marketing because It's probably because it's probably because you say multi. Okay, whatever. Doesn't the person, doesn't <laughs> the person who, does the person who starts that, do they have good intentions or do they understand that it's never going to work long term? I think the people that start multi-level marketing companies know exactly what they're doing. And I think they know that it will never work for people. And it's a great way to get rich quick for them. Right. Because the pyramid will collapse. Yeah. For somebody who buys into that idea, maybe 15 levels in. Mm Because I think the first like maybe six, ten, hundred, I don't know, levels make money. Yeah. But the person who buys in in the middle wants the message because think about it right you used to play telephone the message gets distorted every time it's retold and now you're just buying me because i'm your friend (laughs) you're buying your trust in me to not lead you astray so my question is annie was asking is the line between tribe and cult getting blurred i still think like people who start this you know, start an idea or a business or a culture or whatever it is, and they use the word tribe, uh, I tend to think that that reflects a little bit more positively on their initial reasons for starting the, the movement that they're working on or the no, business that they're working on. Because I, I know I've heard that used in various like startup companies, basically, in their usage for like the, uh, the, the reasons and the motivation for like creating something that will have a positive impact and it doesn't mean that you can't like make money off of it but overall everyone wins in certain instances right which instances are these like there's plenty of companies out there that are good for the world that also are very profitable for the organization patagonia yeah or whatever lots of and uh you know they might use the word tribe or whatever but like yeah, I'm weary. Every time somebody uses those type of words around me, I'm just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. what are you trying to sell me? I don't want to be. I think the problem comes when tribe means that you can't disagree. When everyone has to 
think the same thing and you can't challenge quote unquote leader or person who started movement, then you're in territory that you don't want to be in. So yes, the words could be semantics, but they always make me feel sort of uncomfortable because like I don't call my friends a tribe. Right. Because <laughs> as soon as I do, I feel that like icky feeling. Yeah, but you're not part of like a structured organization like a business. Is that the only way you can have tribe? We had tribes before. Like if you think of... Yeah, but there was a leader, wasn't there? Which is how we ended up here in the first place. Uh, Maybe. Ended up where? In the closet? <laughs> <laughs> you followed me with, in here? With... I followed you in here. <laughs> you followed me in here. Now you're part of my cult. In this situation where cult tribe become indistinguishable because i mean did you we watched did you watch that netflix documentary about the cult i don't think so no wait hold on two seconds uh it was called wild wild country no i have not seen it and is it about patagonia <laughs> no it's about a spiritual guru who relocates his ashram from india to oregon his ashram right like a tribe no the ashram is like a place of like prayer and meditation oh. and yoga or whatever okay but he moved it to oregon probably better wine did i think no because i think if you just look at the world you can tell where people are in pain right so i understand the creation of these things somewhat like you want people want to feel a, like they belong, like they are understood and that they're safe or that somebody will have their back if something happens, like mm -hmm. if life is cruel to them. So I get the, the wanting for belonging, but it gets perverted when somebody sees that and manipulates people's psyches in order to achieve their own agenda. Mm -hmm. Because this guy so rich. And it wasn't like just people, like people who have no direction in life. Or no, I guess that's part of how you can get sucked into it, right? But it wasn't like uneducated people or quote unquote dumb people. These people were engineers, architects, mathematicians, and they all worked to build structures and like this community which functioned incredibly. But you still couldn't say, ah... Uh, why are we doing this? This is bullshit. Like right. if they said, oh, everybody run around naked and you can take my wife and you can take his wife, doesn't matter. We're all free love here. Nobody says, ah, does that, is that okay? Are we evolved enough to do stuff like this? Because the reason you're here is because you have some emotional struggles. Yeah. But you can't question. And I think that's where the problem is. So I think cult, tribe, those words don't make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. But if you can't question the relationships you're in or the organization, like even if you're in a startup, right? And your boss says, okay, we should start skimming off $5 off each customer's account. To be part of the tribe, are you just going to skim $5 well, off people's account? I don't think that. I don't, I don't understand why tribe would mean those things. I am saying. If you can't... Yeah, but why does tribe mean that you can't 
have healthy discussion within the organization. That's all I'm saying, baby. Are mm-hmm. you, so you're not listening to me. I'm saying that if you can't ask or can't have a discussion or you can't challenge the authority, mm-hmm. then it's probably not a place that you should be. So what's your final answer? On what? Are we all subject to or desiring desiring what could be considered a cult-like connection with others? Is Annie's question. I think on some level, yes, but I think everyone is going to be uh, at different levels, right? Based on like what they had when they were when they were young and what they were lacking, what they were not granted, or what they were able to experience when they were young. You think some some people are just more susceptible to it because of the way they were brought up or their life experiences? Yeah, probably. But the word tribe doesn't really scare me like it scares you. <laughs> you and Annie. <laughs> You think of tribe as like a startup business? Uh, when it's used in that manner, yeah. And I don't think all startup businesses are cults. I mean, I think we just, people want to belong. Mm-hmm. And you want to belong to something bigger than yourself, right? That's why you join a company or a startup with some big mission to disrupt the world or change something. Mm-hmm. Because you want to be a part of something that's bigger than you. Sure. Does it take a cult lunatic to start that no but sometimes yes sometimes that happens sometimes it turns into that even though it started with mm-hmm. good intention yeah so you know cause... just be careful out there annie be careful. <laughs> if you're part of a tribe ask questions don't be afraid if you think you might be in a cult leave <laughs> <laughs> i think that's much easier said than done how would you leave quit your job give your two weeks notice <laughs> Get on LinkedIn, update your resume, and start applying for new jobs. That's how. Okay. (laughs) I think it's a lot more sinister than that, no? What? Leaving a cult? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they might come to your door and knock and ask what you're doing and tell you why you're wrong. But besides that, I think it's like- You got to turn the hose on them, you know? What does that mean? I, I don't think I've heard that term before. No, turn the, like the sprinkler on them. Oh, <laughs> okay. I think it's more subtle though than that. It's not just like leave. Yeah. Yeah, because when you do decide to leave, even if you have come to a point where you said this is not healthy for right. me, it's all your your circle. It's everything you know. It's everything about your life. So how do you leave that? It's a big world out there. You know, there's a lot of circles that you can be a part of. You can find yourself a better circle. Come join our circle. Or just don't join a tribe to begin with. Come be a guest on the Tells Podcast and tell your story. If you think you're in a cult, (laughs) we want to talk to you. Hello at Mm tellspodcast.com. Let us know what you're experiencing out there in the the streets. All right. I think that's it. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the Tells Podcast. Lots of topics discussed on this podcast today. Thanks for having me in your closet. Thanks for coming into the closet, following me into the cult Mm. of the closet. Now watch me leave. It's just that easy. (laughs) Very simple. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends. And if you have any questions on love, Mm -hmm. hello at tellspodcast.com. There you go. All right. Chat next week from Chicago. Bye. Bye.